Welcome back to Off Record On Point, the digital voice podcast unzipped, where we deep dive into the industry with some of the leading legends to discover what really makes it tick. And today we're going undercover with the president of Bloom UK, Caroline Mastoris, to learn the secret to smashing the glass ceiling. I'm Julia Linehan. I'm the founder and MD of the Digital Voice PR Agency, and I'm always joined by my wonderful co-host, Casey Long. It is great to be back, Julia. As always, we're unzipping some sensitive issues and industry secrets. Be sure to check out our list of resources in the description for any help you might need while you're listening. And of course, we're joined as well by Caroline Mastoris. Caroline, you are my hero for juggling so many roles and wearing so many hats. Flawlessly. You're director at Salesforce. You're president of Bloom UK. You're a wonderful mother and wife. Tell us about yourself and your journey and where you find the time and how do you do it all? (laughs) Well, firstly, I'd like to debunk the myth of the fact that I definitely don't do it all. (laughs) But thank you very much for thinking that I do, Julia. That's very kind. So clearly the um, smoke and mirrors is working. (laughs) I am the president of Bloom for this year, coming to the end of my tenure, which is absolutely gutting. I just don't know where the time goes. And in um, my day job, I have just recently been promoted to client director at Salesforce. Yes, very exciting looking after um, some of the top elite clients within the media industry. So I'm very excited about that. I am also this year's Women in Sales Award winner for Best Sales in Europe for Advertising. So that's kind of exciting, which I love that process very well deserved congrats so exciting congrats and a champion of dice so for those of you who don't know what dice is it is um diversity and inclusion in conferences and events run by the amazing james watley and amy Keane. so try to champion that as much as i can i also have two young boys one of Altus is about to turn 10 this weekend, so I'm going through a complete existential crisis on I don't know how <laughs> the heck he's 10. And yes, I am a wife, I am a sister, and I try to be the best friend that I can. And going back to doing it all, like this year has been absolutely incredible, but it doesn't come without sacrifice, Julia, as you know, and you can't do it all. No. You can't do it all because it's it's a constant compromise and exchange, isn't it? So, you know, this year's Bloom president, there has been a lot of sacrifice. And I also just want to tip my hat and acknowledge the fact that, you know, the LT and those that lean into Bloom as much as they do this year, sacrifice something, everything to do what they do. So, you know, don't, don't believe the hype. You, you can't do it all. And I don't think women should think that they can or should. Absolutely. I mean, though, I have to say that Caroline, that's just cemented it, that you still do try and do it all. And you're hundred percent right in calling out the other Bloom leadership team, because I, I, every day I see what they do and hats off to them. You guys are amazing. amazing. Speaking of Bloom, uh, your big flagship event, Bloom Fest, is now fast approaching. Why should people be at Bloom Fest this year? So Bloom Fest is back. This is the first time that we are having it in person. We are doing a hybrid event. So we are very excited after two years of it being purely virtual. 
it's such a learning curve. It feels like the first Bloom Fest, to be honest with you. <laughs> so it is our flagship event at Bloom. It is a day of provocative conversation. It is a day of upskilling. It is a day of coming together to discuss and share ideas and take action on how to overcome the barriers to women's success in the industry. And for me, what I love about Bloomfest the most is the culmination of bringing everything together and bringing to life everything that we've achieved and also show and reconnect to our members like what Bloom means to our membership and then also to our wider community. I use the word community. What does community mean? You know, how do we fight for equality? How do we take action for change? How do we reconnect and then build those connections? Bloom is very much led by real voices, women and men. And I personally think it's probably the most unmissable, must attend, adding real value, adding change to your personal life, to your career, but also to the industry and taking these actionable learnings to take back to your organization, to take back to the industry. And I think that is the call to arms for Bloomfest, really. I love that. I love that. And it's coming up soon. So it's on the 30th of November as well. And we're going to be talking about feminism, friendship, fortitude, being fucking angry, all the F words. Yes, that is the theme for Bloom this year, which I'm so excited about. Again, you know, provocative conversation. The theme is let's talk about the F word. And that is the title. I really want to know, Caroline, which one do you think impacts you the most from a personal perspective? Which one stands out? I think when we were examining different themes, I was like, this is the year where actually, you know, it like, I feel the angriest. Like, I actually do want, everyone was like, oh my God, you know, we talked about pearl clutching, like, oh gosh, this is like, bear. but I think, you know, in order to take action, like, I think the word, and I'm going to swear, Dude, but it, let it you know, out. I'm fucking it. I am fucking angry. I am fucking angry that there is a pay gap and we are at the end of 2022. I'm, you know, I work in an organization that has a massive pay gap. Like that fucks me off all the time. (laughs) So, you know, let's talk about the F word for me. I could say something nice about feminism, but I am, I am, I am fucking angry. And I think, you know, mostly we need to come together to take action because I don't want to be having these conversations in five years, Julia. Agreed. hundred percent. I agree. And we talk about friendship. I know you mentioned community earlier. There's a lot of different community groups out there. What was it that attracted you to bloom as a community in particular? I mean, there's a couple of things. Well, actually, there's a long list of things, but let me try to summarize. (laughs) I think the thing that really stuck out for me with Bloom is how, you know, it's the mentorship program and how Bloom at its very core is... um, is committed to paying it forward. And, you know, we don't just say it, we do it. We don't just show that we do it. We're actually very actionable and we do do it. The second thing as well is our commitment to putting and supporting women's aid that is built on the very foundation. Our founders were in a situation where they needed to use the services of women's aid. So that is very much built on everything that we do for Bloom. And I think really differentiates us for the fact that, you know, our volunteers, there's something very tangible that goes towards helping women in in need. I also loved that Bloom was known for its high values and collaboration. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but like action, right? Like there's 
a ton of organizations out there, but there's very few who put their actions at the forefront. And I think there's some amazing examples this year where we have changed. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we've got the allyship code. The allyship code. The menopause. Manifesto. You know, we are about to launch a few different initiatives. So you have to come to Bloomfest with our other partner, charity partner, Believe, who again promote and, and upskill women from various backgrounds and girls, actually. I say women, but, you know, it's from, from the age of 12 to 23 and ensure that we create this incredible path for them. You know, that future proofing of women's careers, but also for the next generation, paying it forward through action for me was like, that's what I want to do now. I would have never dreamed when I joined four years ago that I'd be on the LT and then president, but it has just been incredible to just see that change and just, you know, be at the center of it. It's, and it's and you've made so much difference as well. I mean, all of Bloom does, and it's, it is great to see. It's interesting, a couple of things. Uh, last month, our podcast was with Maria McDowell, who's founder of Lollipop Mentoring, and it was fascinating. We did the secret to making mentoring work. And we were we were talking then about communities, and we love talking to people on this podcast who are part of communities. What does community mean to you? And why should people jump in with both feet, arms, legs, hearts, the full works? Community means to me strength. I think you are much bigger than just the power of one. So, you know, finding your community, finding that group of women and men and allies that you have that commonality with um, to inflict change, to come together. You know, it's it's been a really difficult year. There's been a lot that's been going on, you know, from the Wade versus Roe in the U.S., which affected me in, in, in a huge way, to what is happening currently in Iran. Like, I don't know where I would be this year without my community of women with Bloom who feel and validate the way that I feel. And sometimes, yes, you know, it's all about action, but other times it's just reaching out and saying, gosh, I'm like, I'm really quite disturbed about the war in the Ukraine. I don't know what that means for us. I don't know, you know, what we can do, what action can we take? And I think just that reassurance, that conversation, makes you stronger and gives you courage. And I think in a world that is vastly changing, having that community to help support gives you strength. So for me, community means strength. Love that. Love that. I love that. And as the president of Bloom, I couldn't think of a more appropriate word for a leader than being strong in those moments where things are really unpredictable. And as the president of Bloom, which I'm sure is a massive learning experience, what have been your biggest lessons and what's been your biggest surprise? I mean, again, how long do we have? I could probably chat for another hour on my learnings. (laughs) (laughs) For me, the greatest learning has just been how dedicated and being at the forefront. Like I've been on the LT for three years and you just kind of go off and, you know, you do your thing. I was on the commercial team. I was on the finance team but you don't actually realize you don't realize the power and strength of the community of bloom where uh, amazing things are achieved by coming together and one of the examples that i honestly like i 
I've just never seen anything. I've never seen anything like it. And I just want to harness this and just be like, how do we create this as a blueprint for like success on everything (laughs) was watching the manifesto come together. And that was driven very much by the incredible Sam Frankel and Joe Rigby and Kelly Jacobson Collins. And, And what was amazing was everyone knew their strength and everyone delivered on their strength. And it just came together so seamlessly. The amount of dedication and collaboration and how everyone came together to achieve the vision of what the manifesto was. You know, I fully admit on the first couple of meetings, I thought, oh, my God, this is like climbing Mount Everest. Like what is going to happen? But it was um, I've just I've never seen collaboration like that. And if I could bottle it and sell it, we would all be very rich women on this call because it, it like I, so for me, that learning and I guess that driving of collaboration has been amazing. Another learning for me has been through some of the more successful um, LT members and like, you know, Julia, you have been an inspiration in this. <laughs> Cheryl's also been an inspiration in this is um, setting boundaries. And, you know, you talk about doing it all, but actually you can't. And one thing that, you know, Julia and Cheryl have taught me is setting those boundaries. Like after five o'clock, da, 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 I'm not, I will respond at the times that I can. It took me a while, maybe the first five months, it was like, you know, martyr syndrome. Like I've got to dedicate 24 hours a day to this in order to be successful. But actually by setting up those boundaries, I think that made me more successful because it was like, just gave you space a little bit to think and then setting the time to do. I've realized and learned this by, by myself as I used to put hours and hours and hours and hours of, of too many hours in the working week and give my heart and soul to everything. And you cannot do it. It will deplete your energy levels. And we took a step back even at the Digital Voice and by t- making it a four and a half day week, the team is more energized and more productive by finishing at 1 p.m. on a Friday and protecting their energy. That's my job as 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 the founder of Digital Voice, it's, the, it's all the leads job as well. But it was the same that when I step back and I say, actually, I need, I can step back, I will come back stronger and more energized. Um, and I think boundaries are, are hugely important. We, we're all we're all really remiss at giving our giving too much, and only there's you don't win at anything. You either fail somebody, either your children or your family, or or your job or, or yourself. Yeah, I'm a big believer now in in doing that. So I'm glad you did too, because I could feel I thought you know that you you did give your heart and soul, and you continue to. But this time, by having some boundaries it's actually probably been beneficial. Yeah. And it's also a little bit of self-flagellation, isn't it? When you keep going and then mm. you're right, it's just, it's not sustainable and, and no one wins. And the biggest loser is that I, you realize really quickly is you because yeah. then you just become everything to everyone and you set that expectation. <laughs> it's not, it's not sustainable. Also, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Taking the time to build trust and that loyalty from the LT, you realize like, okay, well, I don't have to be as involved in the strategy because you know what? I'm not the strategy person. I'm really good at the operational stuff and I'm really good at some things, but then there's other stuff where I'm like, actually, like, why am I getting involved in this? I just, I I have a voice for no reason because I... 
I'm not an expert and I'm happy to sit and absorb and learn, but also I think that lean in where your strengths are. And actually we should have made this session about in a way, in fact, we might do another one on boundaries, but what we wanted this session to be about was, a uh, was about smashing the glass ceiling mainly. And I wanted, I thought you'd be ideal for this because you've worked at some of the biggest companies, the big beasts with their corporate red tape. Do you feel you've smashed through the ceiling or are you banging your head against it? It depends on what day you ask me, Julia. (laughs) But for me, the conversation constantly evolves, right? Like we haven't smashed a glass ceiling. I, I don't think any massive organization, no matter how many awards they get for equality has has done it but we're just we're not there because if if we had done it we wouldn't be having this conversation there would be no no bloom because we'd be done be like all right job done look at this amazing utopia of a world that we live in we just have a party exactly <laughs> right so for me it is that constant evolution and making sure that men are a part of the conversation i'm very fortunate to have an incredible boss currently at salesforce it's one of the few teams that actually has more women on it than than men that's not indicative of a cross-section of salesforce so it's it's quite phenomenal that he is that dedicated to ensuring that equality from a gender perspective is there on the team but you know really engaging men in the conversation they're the ones that if they're not a part of the conversation like need to help drive that change and you know i remember coming into this industry as one of many at an agency being 26 27 and looking around going oh my god where are all the women over 35 <laughs> like <laughs> what happens is there some like middle-aged female like industry great like where do they go and i remember working really hard at that time to be like, you you can't be what you can't see. And at the time I was like, all right, so my time in an agency is very limited because obviously I need to go somewhere else, right? You know, trying to be at the forefront of that conversation to change. I think slowly it is happening. I mean, we're having conversations about menopause. That was such a dirty word a couple of years ago. And both pregnancies at my um, last corporate job, I got made redundant. One of them, when I was still in hospital, having just delivered and got a call from HR telling me I was made redundant and I had to apply for a new job within a week. And I am pretty sure, and I really hope that those things don't happen anymore, but I think they do. But it's being really open about the conversation of like, this happened to me, you know, before I even had my kids, I had the misfortune of going through several miscarriages and I was being called from the hospital to attend client meetings and I'm like I'm literally hemorrhaging but yeah sure I'll join this call it's raising awareness and coming back and being like you know what that wasn't okay that's not okay like you can't make somebody redundant and the policy for miscarriage I think by raising my voice and obviously I wasn't the only one coming together and having that conversation I think changed policy creating policy and creating that advice and talking about it and not being afraid to talk about things that happen to women but like also happen to men like I wasn't the only one who went through miscarriage and my husband got no time off I physically got time off because I had a physical recovery now it's like I'm flying the flag for allyship I'm flying the flag for menopause being very perimenopausal and 
carrying a fan around me all the time because I'm getting a hot flash. I'm, I'm very open. I'm like, a hot flash is coming. I can feel the tingles. Let me get my fan out. And at first people were like laughing because it was so awkward. And now they were like, all right, let me go get you a glass of water. Oh, <laughs> like, as they should. Because they bred the manifesto. <laughs> anyway, I, it's a long-winded way to say, Julia, that I don't think anyone has smashed the glass ceiling. But I think it's important. And I think this is where Bloom plays an important role within the industry of having these very provocative conversations and not being afraid to have them. And that is how you pay it forward. And that's how you future-proof women's careers by speaking about our good experience, but also our not-so-good experience. Thank you for sharing. Right. I'm going to put this to you. And I think you hit it on the head. You can't see... You can't be what you can't see. And I, I sort of saw that when I was in my 20s, I was like, I just went, I thought I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get as high up as I can in the career because in case I want to choose to have children, I at least want to know I've got, the, I think my options will be better. So I'm controversially going to say this. I didn't feel like in my 27 years of working, I've had any glass ceilings because if they were there, I just blatantly ignored them and went round them or through <laughs> them or on top of them or I don't know what I did, but I just didn't. <laughs> let them be my boundaries. I didn't care if they were there because if they were at a certain company, then that company wasn't right for me and I went to a different one. And I ended up, and I meant, went higher up than I would have done if I'd have broken that ceiling. And at any point, and there were points where, for example, as a working mum, where it wasn't, there, it could have been that there was boundaries. So I then set up my own agency where I don't have boundaries and don't have ceilings and I don't provide ceilings for other people. So I've got a, so this it's a bit controversial because I know everybody's had different experiences, but I want to know if if in some way if you take out if you take it out of people's minds that the glass ceiling exists and go it's not there it doesn't exist and if it does exist then you're not in the right place and you will find and you can you can go that that says more about that company. I agree. I agree. But also by moving, that doesn't mean that the glass ceiling isn't still there behind you, right? So if you think about paying it forward, there will be another woman who, if you think about, you know, socioeconomic perspective, you know, single moms, like who might need that job, like they don't have the benefits to be like, oh, I'm just going to do an amazing, I'm going to create my own agency with like in the incredible culture, which like greatest gift to the industry is what you've done, Julia. But I think just because you've left and moved on doesn't mean that that glass ceiling isn't there behind you. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm like, if, if something's not working for me, I, I move and I find the place where I can grow. Well, it's interesting. I mean, and, and I worked at some of the most, what could have been deemed as the most sexist places <laughs> in the industry. I worked for the newspapers. But we, when I was there, I mean, it was it was so um, outrageous in some ways. We didn't care. Sly Bailey was smashing ceilings. I went and smashing ceilings. It didn't mean we won every battle. Why can I see so clearly you ignoring anything? in your way in any of those places. It's so true. Oh, I just did. They must have been scared to hell. <laughs> there was one role at the IAB when I, when I was going to become head of Irish and they said, well, worried you might be a bull in a China shop. And I went, too fucking right I'm going to be a bull in a China shop. We're going to make change. That's what you're going to get. Doing, All right, fuck it. Let's do it. So I think it's that. And I, and I think I'm, I'm saying it 
as if it's like, oh, it, it doesn't exist and therefore don't worry about it. I think it's more what we can do is empower empower women through communities and going, we'll yes. sit, we'll be right next to you. Yes. And we'll we'll take a few slides, we'll give we'll do the first punch for you. And then you've got yes. to use you've got to punch on your way through. So that would be my thoughts on it. And I think also that's power of the community, like I said before, is strength and probably knowledge. Like maybe I should have mentioned that because if you have a terrible experience with a terrible manager, like I I've warned people before going, I honestly Yes, if you want to be at this level, but if you want to grow or whatever, I mean, you know, it is it, it, it is being brave enough to call that out and helping support women to find the place where there's allies, right? And that that's men and women. And it's not only male managers sometimes who many a time in my career, it's like what was really hard for me back in my days so is going to be really, I didn't even have maternity leave, I heard once. Uh, and I was like, I know, but like, why do you want that experience for me? Like, yeah. don't yeah. you want it to be better? It's not a badge of honor. Exactly. Like, and I just think, you know, it's like when I, when I leave a room, like leave it better than when you found it. Right. Yeah. And you do, by the way. <laughs> 100%. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not done. It, I mean, we still, you know, we're still talking about it. So, you know, it's yeah, not done because definitely. we're still talking well, about it. Well, it's wonderful advice. And Caroline, I have to pick your brain on a little bit of advice while we've got you. Um, you talk about moving around, finding the right fit for you. You've worked in many different roles with different organizations. Have you found it harder to navigate being a woman working in larger companies for smaller companies? Yes. And no, I think again, because maybe I'm of the same mind with Julia, like I, you know, I never believed I couldn't do something because I was a woman. Yeah. But some of the feedback sometimes that I get is like, be more of a man. And I've had in my past and not currently very misogynistic feedback in terms of, you know, has that stunted my growth? I think sometimes because I'm so outgoing and so smiley, people <laughs> underestimate me. And, you know, when I was in my thirties, I think I looked quite young as well. So definitely not now after kids, like Stop it. my bags have bags, but um, Stop it. No, I mean, definitely. Why do you think I wear these glasses? <laughs> <laughs> but I think then being in a bigger organization, you find the place and you have the benefit of finding the role and the place and the manager who's going to be there um, to support you. Whereas maybe in a smaller place, it's like, all right, well, actually this culture just doesn't fit. I definitely would say that I have learned to know my worth and to know that having a good manager is more important than the actual um, place that you work because they will help you navigate. They will elevate you. They will be your champion. They will be your ally. Yeah. And actually I think talking about community and network, I would not be in this role today had it not been for the community that I built around Salesforce. And it was a community of women who we were all nominated for the Women in Sales Awards. Uh, and we had a crazy experience last year because it was all virtual. We were all like asking each other, like, what on earth? And there was interviews oh and you have God. to write essays and you write your oh. acceptance speech before you even know that you're going to win. So it was just crazy. Um, but on the night, it culminates to this amazing dinner. And I sat beside this wonderful woman called um, Helen Philpot. She's like an ex-BBC presenter now at Salesforce, runs, runs media. And, um, you know, 
that was the most fortuitous conversation I'd I'd had at Salesforce. She was like, have you thought about doing this? And I see you here and this manager is amazing. And I really see you getting along with him. And I think that your value is here. And just nobody had sat down and talked to me in a way of like, yeah, this is actually where I see you. And how can I help you get there? And my God, did she help me? I mean, talk about sisterhood. (laughs) I am so confident that without Helen and without sitting down that evening and having a conversation with her and just her getting me as a person, I wouldn't be where I am today. So um, shout out to Helen. I know you'll be listening. So thank you, Helen. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Helen. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to recommend any resources for women, let's say they haven't found that niche, they haven't found that community that you were able to come across they need help or they're interested in knowing more apart from Bloom, are there any other places that you direct them to? So many, and they're constantly popping up, which I absolutely love. Julia, how many groups are we a part of together? Like that is like my favorite <laughs> thing, by the way. There's the digital leading ladies. If that's what you want, the more you ask around, you're likely to, to find your group. And it, you know, Bloom is kind of like all encompassing around the comms industry. The one thing I would say is making sure that your values are completely aligned to the organization that you want to join because then that is how you again find that strength in the community is by having that commonality and that common purpose we're a big, we're a big supporter of she loves tech we're one of the partners of she loves tech as I well love i love that. that bit of girls who code and all of that i think you're right caroline i think there's so many and i think it's great to see so it's important and you mentioned aligning values there and, and honestly caroline she's one of the nicest people I, i've had the pleasure of knowing and I personally, I believe honestly that being a good person gets you places. It's not guaranteed, but if you do good, you're nice. People will love you for it. I think that's quite important as well that I see that within Bloom. There's a lot of give rather than take. I'm just curious, this is the last question before we go to the quick fire round, but how do you make sure you always keep that energy and that positivity flowing? Do you know what? It's like the Maybelline advert. I think I'm born with it. (laughs) I'm not always positive, Julia. It's so nice that you think that. Um, I think my husband might beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) But look, everyone has their outlet. My safe space is in my home. Um, Endorphins are critical. I try to stay positive. I do... um, I harp on about it's like how do you know about a person who does cold water swimming they talk I about it love that you do. I forgot to mention you do cold water swimming oh yes I do so I am very fortunate to live close enough to the tooting back Lido and um you know what getting in like 10 de- well it's nine degrees today but nine degree water probably shocks any of that negativity out and it's like this is like the hardest thing that I will do today. I love that. And by getting in there, you can deal with the grumpiest of clients, the grumpiest of people, because it's like, do you know what? I was in like cold water for 16 minutes today. Do you want to take me on? I've taken on worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've taken on cold water this morning. (laughs) And it's all about perspective. You know, everything that we're doing is for good. And it's 
taking a step back and remembering Absolutely. that. Absolutely, I love that, love that. And there's no reason why we can't do it with integrity and kindness. And do it with Absolutely. a smile on our yeah. face is what I always say, honestly. Yes, it's, it's exactly. It's making life enjoyable. I'm a big fan of that. We're always a fan of the digital voice. Part of the reason when we take on people, it's like, are you a morning person? Are you a happy person? We don't want drama. We just want energy. I love that. I love that. Now, Caroline, I'm going to finish with quick fire rounds, but I'm going to do it a bit different, seeing as this year's Bloomfest is all about the F word. Woo -woo. What does the F word stand for, Casey? What's the F word? What is it? Friendship. Feminism. We're trying to make Casey swear. <laughs> Fundamental rights. Fundamental <laughs> rights. <laughs> this is our rapid fire round. Caroline, are you ready? You've got to answer the first word that comes to your head. Or I am ready. Here we go. Bloom first. First F is for feminism. Is the word feminism our friend or our foe? Feminism is definitely our friend. It obviously depends on what your definition of feminism is. For me, it's very much about celebrating unity um, and celebrating our difference, but also fighting for equality. So definitely our friend. Definitely. Friend. Okay. What's one friendship you've mentioned, um, Helen Philpott, but I'm going to see if you've got one friendship you'd like to also call out who's helped you in your life. I met her on my first day of university and it's my lovely friend Tula who's recently moved back to Canada but she is my life and my love my oh, my greatest love lovely we always love to give call outs on this um next question what does family mean to you everything F first first family first family first love that name one thing you're fucking angry about right now Caroline <laughs> pay gap <laughs> can't say it enough yeah. pay gap I can't actually believe it exists. I mean it just blows my fucking mind as well it I'll blows my fucking mind the next words are fortitude and fear how do you make yourself strong aside from open water swimming oh I was gonna say that's <laughs> like that is my fear and my fortitude because I don't do it with grace I scream every day I get in <laughs> like it's like everyone's like you were just here yesterday I'm like I know but it is so terrifying and it's so fucking cold it's not getting any warmer it's not getting any warmer it gets colder so I would say that um it gives me my it's this thing that I'm afraid of the most but it's the thing that gives me my fortitude lovely so staying with stuff for fear what do you not fear that others do it might also be open water swimming but have you got another one what do you not fear? um no I um I do not fear now to have uncomfortable conversations and be brave and call things out that I see that aren't right, particularly around equality. I love that. So hard to do. Uh, next one, what changes to fundamental rights do you want to see in 2023? I mean, again, I will elude the pay gap and equal pay for women. It is a fundamental right that we are getting paid the same amount as our male counterparts. 100% here, here. Final question, Caroline, what does the future hold for you? You haven't seen the end of me for Bloom for sure. I am obviously coming into the end of my tenure, but I am a lifelong bloomer. I am looking so forward to passing on the presidency to whoever's going to be president next and ensuring that I support and dedicating my next year to being a Bloom director and also focusing on the long-term strategy and future-proofing Bloom Amazing. for the next 13 years. Thank you 
so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was so much fun. I had such a great time. I love having you. I love it. What energy. Remember, for anyone listening, you can find all the information that you need about this episode in the description below. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Casey. And thank you, Caroline, for being on the show. It was so incredible and so timely because Bloomfest is coming up. It's on November 30th. You can head to bloomnetwork.uk to grab your tickets and join Caroline and me and hundreds of others and some incredible speakers. Have, just have a look at that lineup. It's amazing. Thank you. And thank you, Caroline. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Off Record On Point, the digital voice podcast unzipped. I'm Julia Linehan. And I'm Casey Long. Enjoy the conversation, reach out and let us know by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to follow to never miss an episode. You can stay connected with us at thedigitalvoice.co.uk and across all social platforms. Just look out for The Digital Voice. Join us again next time for another undercover industry deep dive. All off record, all on point. <laughs>